everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 103rd episode of the podcast, airing November 30th, 2020. So happy lunar eclipse to all. Now, I'm pleased to present to you my discussion with Daniel, the past life regressionist, who will join me in a conversation on just that, past life regression, which is a fascinating topic. And Daniel and I chat about past life regression, uh, what it is, uh, how it can be helpful, and the types of techniques and experiences that are found in these sessions. Now, Daniel shares his own journey to become trained as a facilitator for this work, and we uh, also get to hear what he's learned in the process uh, from his own experiences and that of others. Now, I also share a story of my own regression that I experienced via hypnosis with him, including the emotionally challenging components uh, that are also mixed with welcome breakthroughs. So we do hope you enjoy this talk on this captivating subject. Now, a fabulous way to show appreciation for this podcast and my astrological efforts is by making a one-time donation over at Mel's Tip Jar or by booking a personal consultation with yours truly, all of which can be done directly through my site at energeticprinciples.com. Now, I also want to announce, and you may have heard from previous podcasts, that I will soon be opening up enrollment for my 201 astrology course, which is going to cover predictive techniques such as transits, progressions, and perfections, and using them with the natal chart, which is all meaty, meaty technique uh, for seeing what's coming up in the future for yourself, uh, loved ones, and clients if you do client work. So stay tuned. There's more on that to come. I am aiming for uh, mid-January, and I'll most likely have happen on Thursday uh, afternoon evening evenings, depending where you are uh, in the U.S. All right, so who is ready to hear all about past life regression? Here we go. Now let's meet our guest. All right, I am so happy to welcome this episode's special guest. We have Daniel, also known as the past life regressionist with us here today. Thank you for joining me, Daniel. Thanks for having me, Mel. I'm very excited to have him on the program, um, mainly because, you know, sometimes the universe just brings you randomly out of the blue uh, people your way for whatever reason. And that happened to me with Daniel um, to get a past life regression. And it was something I would always been very interested in, uh, yet never had maybe the opportunity or the gumption or the focus to go ahead and do it for myself. Um, And I just happened to link up with him and it came together uh, in the, you know, in the stars. It was meant to be. Uh, So I'm really excited to bring him on the program, share some more about past life regression, share experiences, my experience, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But before we get started on this uh, really interesting topic, I think, uh, Daniel, just give give us a quick background about yourself. So I am Daniel, the past life regressionist, and I love past life regression. I just think it is so cool. I am a huge fan of time travel and anything having to do with history. So, I mean, that's my little breakdown for past life regression. And I just think it's so cool. Maybe it's your uh, Aquarius rising that is like ready to time travel back in (laughs) to see what was going on here. Um, And you're located in LA, right? Los Angeles. Yep. 
And um, yeah. And so we did a, we actually did a remote session, uh, which you can do with past life regression. Uh, uh, speaking as an experienced, uh, after experiencing it, it definitely works uh, that way. So just FYI, um, if that's something you're looking to do, <laughs> get done, it doesn't have to necessarily be in person because it was still pretty powerful. Um, so that being said, it's like, okay, so every person that I bring on the podcast that works with astrology in whatever way, shape, or form, I always ask first, like, what sparked your interest in astrology? Because I know part of your process is looking at the astrological chart. So what, what uh, got you into the stars? For me, it had nothing to do with astrology in a weird way. I mean, everything and nothing. because. I was working on a story, a fictional story a couple of years ago, and I wanted one of my characters to be an astrologer. So I signed up for a class because I didn't want to sound like an idiot with, you know, uh, in Taurus under Uranus inside of Gemini's belly, you know, with circling around Scorpio. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a class just so I don't sound like an idiot. And I took a weekly class. And after that first class, I'm just like, whoa, this is so cool. And I forgot why I was there. And it just <laughs> became about astrology and learning more about who I am and why I am that way. Yeah. Astrology is a very powerful tool. And I think once you open the, the gate to it, or the, as I should call it, the floodgate, <laughs> it's like, oh, it really just opens you up to so much in life, not only about yourself, but like just the nature of existence at that point when you start looking at things from more of a cosmic perspective. Um, but that will be the first time that I've ever heard someone get into astrology based off of uh, not wanting to write about it and not wanting to sound like they knew nothing of what they're talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, I had no interest in learning astrology. I just didn't want to sound like an idiot. And you know, by you saying that I'm the first one who said something like that, it makes my Aquarius rising very happy. Yeah, yeah, see, you know, like most people that come on here, it's like, you know, maybe maybe they grew up in their family or all of a sudden like a, a, someone gave them a book on it and it like opened up their life or like just these almost kind of like mystical interventions sometimes at certain times. But yours was like really... Well, because he's he's got he's got Taurus Sun and Moon too, so it was like a very mundane type of. It was practical. You're like for the practical application of writing this thing, I have to learn more. Also, my third house. Yeah, so that's pretty funny. So, did you ever write the story about the astrologer or the astrologer character, or did you get so immersed in astrology that? I got way too immersed in astrology at that point. <laughs> That's funny. And how long ago was this? This was four years ago. Four years ago. Okay. So, because I noticed a lot of times people ha get in when they're having a Jupiter return or a Saturn return um, of some sort. It would have sort. been at the yeah. tail end of my Saturn return. Exactly. Yeah. Well, look at that. That's when I got into a little bit before my Saturn return, actually. Um, so that's, see, you're right on time. You, you, <laughs> yeah, I was 30 at the time, so it just came in when it was supposed to come in. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, uh, okay, so let's talk about past life regression then. Uh, I mean, Daniel, what, what even is it? What is it? What's past life regression? What's happening there? 
So past life regression is using hypnosis to go back and revisit a past life. Or the way I like to really describe it is you use the time machine that resides inside of your subconscious mind to travel back into the past to discover who, when, and where you have been. It was interesting because I've been studying a lot of uh, uh, Brotherhood of Light stuff recently. Um, And I read like their first book on like, the laws of occultism. And they were talking about um, just the, what is known as the astral force. And basically everything that has ever been is now or will be is encased in this astral force. And that was really what I was thinking about with the past life regression um, or even forward future life uh, progression, I guess. (laughs) I don't know how that would work. Um, But it seems like it's all there if you tap into um, that subconscious space. That's one of the things that they said in the book too, is like it's the astral, uh, you know, realm or energy um, is magnetic force is basically accessed through things like um, psychology and hypnosis. Uh, of course, under the right person, you know, there is a thing with hypnosis. And that's why I was so, uh, like at first I was hesitant because not, not everyone does past life regression with hypnosis, right? You know, I'm going to be honest right now. I do not know the answer to that (laughs) because I'm just so immersed in using hypnosis for past life regression that that's really all that I'm aware of. Yeah. Well, let me scale back from that one. Yes, I do believe that people can access it without hypnosis. You know, that some people just have that capability to remember just spontaneously or being in their own meditative state. Even when I was a child, I was having past life visions flash across my eyes, but not knowing what I was seeing until many years later when these things came up during my own regressions. I'm like, Oh, 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 okay. Oh, oh, okay, Nad. Yeah, that makes sense now. Yeah, that's, and I think some people are more susceptible to that kind of intuitive, especially when we're younger, um, because we're just all more susceptible back then (laughs) before we have the walls, the layers of reality that are hardened over our our pineal gland, as they say. well, that's interesting because when I talk about past life regression, especially my experience with you, a lot of times it's like, oh, I've done, I've done it, or even I'm a practitioner, but I don't use hypnosis. And so you're like actually, uh, to me, one of the only people I know that does hypnosis with it. Um, but I don't know. I think it. I think that I almost believe that's like the, that's like a key component <laughs> to like I don't know, kind of the meat of what you you can get out of it. Um, I guess for me personally, I believe that I have the capability to access those states without being in my own state of hypnosis, without someone doing a regression for me. Mm. But I prefer to have it done for me because to me, there's more validity. Yeah. Because if I'm just doing it on my own, I'm like, hmm, how do I know if I'm not just imagining this right now? Whereas if it's being guided, I just feel much more focused. The focused element, I I get you on that. I get you on that because that's what I felt is that I felt very focused in the in the hypnotic state. I guess it was like I don't know. There was nothing else around me. There was just like 
what was being prompted to happen. Um, I mean, a very loose way, of course, because the, the imagination has to be brought in. It's like, that's part of it. But the imagination is also what taps us to this kind of like astral realm that I was just talking about that like can, you know, like that's, that's the only way we're going to have a picture enter our, our mind or a feeling or whatever is that the imagination allows it to take hold in, you know, kind of the, the black space of our our inner self. Um, so we need the imagination, uh, but I totally get it with the focus part. So just for clarification, when you say imagination, is there a distinction between imagination and visualization? Well, that's a good question. I mean, in some respects, I would say no. And in some other respects, I would say yes. I mean, with, I think visualization... What's well, interesting because visualization can be, um, we hear it a lot when like visualize what you want, you know, like put your mind on the thing that you're trying to create. Because I think visualization is a key point of like manifestation. Like you have to see things, you have to like see it, you got to feel it, you got to like work out all the pieces in your head to, to really manifest something in life, um, which is maybe a faculty of imagination more so visualization is a faculty of imagination than them being the same thing. Like you almost have to use the imagination to create the visualization as if the visualization is more of um, an, a, a verb or maybe a noun, if that makes, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So everybody should be visualizing out there. And it's funny, you know what? It's like, there's one thing to visualize something that you want or you desire, but there's another thing when you start visualizing things that are becoming important to you. Because sometimes I'm like not even visualizing what I'm going to, um, what I want to manifest in some way. It's more like I start visualizing these things and I'm like, oh, I must be interested in this or this is going to come to pass. Um, or, you know, like it just adds extra emphasis and it's almost like my subconscious is like, yes, we're creating this. This is the, you know the imagination, the void is creating some sort of, uh, something right now. So it can be self-willed. It can be like, you know, purposely focused and it can also come kind of out of nowhere with, you know, when your life turns a corner and you're just imagining different things that are leading you to the next stage. Um, but yeah, side question, but a good one. (laughs) (laughs) This makes me think though, Daniel, um, by the way, I love that kind of conversation or just that answer, just going off and seeing where it takes you. Yeah. Well, that's very, um, that's imagination too, right? Like these are very watery types of uh, considerations, I think. It's like water, people, you know, especially when you have water planets, um, you got some water, right? You got, uh, oh, you got the South Node and Pluto and Scorpio. You also got uh, Jupiter and Pisces. I've got all that Cancer, Scorpio. South Node and you Pisces. Say Pluto also. No, I got Pluto and Libra, but I, I've got uh, just the Scorpio. I mean, for me, rising. for my Pluto and Scorpio as well. Yeah, Pluto and Scorpio. You're you're the Pluto South Node and Scorpio. Um, yeah. Well, just water in general and, and the imaginative qualities that come with it, because water just flows. It flows to especially Cancer and Pisces. I mean, Scorpio too, but Cancer and Pisces especially. Um, you know, it just flows to the next place. It's like let's see where. Let's see where this takes you. Um, that's the beauty of imagination. And that's actually the beauty of like part of the past life regression experience through hypnosis is that exact thing is like the flow and seeing where it takes you because 
it's essentially a very receptive state and you have to be able to, you know, let go within it in order for like it to work well. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It's just allowing it to happen. Allowing. Yeah. That's a, that's definitely, oh, not a lot of people allow things to happen. Do they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in that space, I'm fortunate to say that 98% of the people who have done sessions with have been open to it, mm. which is great. Also, to, I mean, to varying degrees. Yeah. But if they're open, then it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, because if you're open, you're literally a container at that point. You're like, fill me up with what I came here to know. Because right. if you're closed up, there's a, there's no room to take in, you know, what you could get from the, well, I mean, you can use this analogy with anything in life. So it is important to be a container at times so that you can get the most out of life and why receptive, receptivity uh, is not a weakness. It's actually a strength because it's how you gain. That's how you gain. Um, well, that being said, like people that are receptive to it is like, do you think, and I don't even know if you've encountered this in your own practice or not, but like, do you need to like really believe in past lives for this to work or? Nope. And that's the best part about it. So you don't need to believe, you just need to be open. So do you ever get people that are like, I mean, have you ever had clients that are kind of say outright, like, I don't necessarily believe in past lives, but I'm here for whatever reason? <laughs> yeah, it's usually to appease my wife like that's the thing i would usually hear in that situation or you know so and so wanted me to do it but they're open to it whereas i have had you know the one person who did a session because her sister wanted her to do it yet she said to me this isn't going to work and she said it with such conviction that there was nothing i could have done to bring her to a place where she would allow past lives to come forward. But everyone else, even if they don't believe it, if they're just open to the possibility of just having the experience, then they're going to experience something. Yeah. It makes me think of, I mean, I encounter that with astrology and tarot too, especially when I've done like events in the past or something where I'm more in front of like a general public and you might have just kind of anybody sit down with you. It's the people that are resistant or don't uh, aren't willing to be open to the possibility. Maybe, maybe you don't need a strong belief in such things, but if you're just not open, those people I just cannot connect with. They're like, it, it's not even that the things that I'm saying don't like sit with them. It's almost like I can't even, I can't receive at that point to know like the information I need to help make the, the session or the interaction uh, go in a way that's beneficial for the person or even me as a practitioner. So it, it's, yeah. Right, well, um, 20 lives down the line, they'll understand once they're an astrologer themselves or a tarot reader, and then they're encountering that person. Oh, I know. Right. Which just won't let it happen. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. They're just not there. They're just not there yet. There's not there yet. Um, so I mean, what, what would you think, what do you think is like the most helpful aspect of of this work or past life regression? Like what, what are people getting out of it? Like. To me, the most helpful aspect is probably being able to put 
a tangible explanation on a feeling that you haven't been able to put your finger on. Mm. So when I say that, I mean that it really, the sky's the limit when it comes to how it can help you. It can be for mental or physical ailments, but also just need to make it very clear that I'm not a doctor. I'm just a past life regressionist. So the things that I say that follow, I'm not a medical practitioner. So just making that crystal clear. Let's go for back pain, for example. Someone goes to the doctor because I've had back pain for a very long time. I say, oh, doctor, you know, my back hurts. The doctor's like, I don't know why, but let's do surgery just to find out why. So they go in there and they do surgery and, you know, that's the cutting up sound effect. Mm, nice. <laughs> they sew you back up, come back up. Oh, man, my back feels great. And a week later, the back pain kicks in again. You go back to the doctor. Doctor's like, I don't know why it's happening, but let's cut you open again and find out and we're going to fix you. And that cycle just repeats itself. But why? Why are you having back pain? So at that point is when I think someone would probably seek the alternative method of past life regression because medical practitioners cannot give them the answers they need. So what could it be? And this is the situation where I always default to the Sherlock Holmes quote of once you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains however improbable must be the truth. Mm. And what I mean by that is if the doctors can't figure it out, then yeah, maybe the answer lies in a past life. So nine times out of 10, if I take someone back with back pain, they're going to see themselves mortally wounded somewhere through the back or suffering just a horrendous accident where they're injured and they carry that on a cellular level over into the next life. When I say cellular, it's not necessarily biological because there's something that happens in the quantum that I don't think that we can quite explain as humans. Maybe we feel that we can explain it, but do we really understand it? Where that imprint of your soul carries everything forward with you until you are able to forgive and release and resolve. So in that situation, it would be the acknowledgement of, oh, wow, I was killed by a spear. Someone or someone stabbed me. Someone shot me in the back. At that point, we release it. We go through just the forgive and release process. And somehow it works where just that acknowledgement will fix you. Yeah. It is powerful. And I mean, I experienced that with, I experienced that during the session with him. Um, So I can attest to it. And because it's true, it's like energy. It just, especially on a soul level, it's like, it's just still there. And, And I feel like it can, and it does repeat itself in some way into your, your current life. Cause I definitely believe in, in past lives. I just, I just do. It just makes sense to me for whatever reason. And I, you know, past lives of all kinds and not even just human, you know, like could have been a cat or a bug or a rock or, you know, <laughs> there's all types of things you can be before this. Um, but the residual energy that's carried over, especially when it's, a, a bit mysterious as to why, like you said, with your back pain example, but also when it's not so mysterious because the subconscious and maybe even the soul to some extent has set up another experience that 
is reminiscent of the previous experiences only so that you can seed it in in a way that will keep it there, but allow you to transcend it later on because maybe it's not as extreme as it was before or what have you. And I mean, I use this as an example because one of my one of my biggest releases uh, during this experience is just the the um, the feeling of abandonment because that is like a, was an overall uh, underlying you know theme of my life uh, that I've encountered um, starting with you know not growing up with a father uh, due to a divorce and you know and it, 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 I didn't even think it, like it affected me as on like too much of a like a straightforward level, like I'm, I've been abandoned. No, it was like more of like a, like an underlying emotional, you know, response or lack of security because something happened so young that just got integrated into my being. And so you'd see it happen, like maybe, you know, fearing that within relationships or having it play out within, you know, connections with other people and all sorts. It doesn't even have to be like romantic or anything. It could be friend level. It could be business partner, you know, all these types of things. Um, and it was coming up for me again a lot recently. Uh, and so that was just kind of one of the things I wanted to bring into the session to be like, well, okay, where does this stem from? Because even through my father, like we reconnected during my Saturn return. Like he, like he, he's conceivably there whenever I want him, like, you know, like need him or whatever. And so it's almost like those things were, I don't know. I just had to, I had to move through it uh, to clear some of that energy. And um, when we get into this, like I'll give you more details of the story later. Uh, but just so you know, like, there was like a lot of heaviness behind that in my previous life. And like after then releasing it, I, I like literally felt relief and have felt relief since that, since that experience, like, like literally like a weight was off my back and I didn't even get stabbed in the back. <laughs> sometimes the emotional can hurt more than the physical. Oh, yes. I feel sometimes. Um, I think the emotional ends up in the physical. A lot of, a lot I'll of second times. that one. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's very emotional health is key, key, key. Uh, definitely. Um, to you know, living living your best life, uh, or your best past life. Um, so okay. Well, this makes me wonder then, like, what led you into this work? Like, kind of like with the astrology story, is like how did how did how did you get here? <laughs> For me, it was my own health. So I guess I'll preface it by saying that I was someone who was very clingy to the idea of science and only science could answer the questions of the universe or the questions of the body. Just science had to be what could answer it. And you know, with all of the Taurus I have in my chart, it was very easy for me to move away from that belief no, there was, I didn't need any outside influences to help push me in any direction. None. I was just so, so willing to say, okay, I'm going to radically alter every belief that I have. So I came down with autoimmune disorder in 2008. And at the time, yes, only doctors could fix me. Only doctors. Been brought up to believe that my entire life. That's what the world was telling me. Doctors can fix you. But doctors couldn't fix me. 
And, you know, it only took about six and a half years at that point for me to finally submit and say, all right, I may have to consider alternative treatments. With that said, I had that thought. Didn't mean it was going to happen overnight, but the idea was there. With my Taurus still really, you know, eager to change everything. But when I would say let go or allowed myself to let go of that belief, things started to come into my life where I couldn't ignore what I was seeing. And the terminology that I now have for it, which I didn't back then, things just were happening. I'm like, I have to take notice of these things. And one of them actually had to do with, coincidentally, a writing class that I was in, where I was taking a class. It was like, I believe it was like a fictional writing class, exactly where I wanted to be. And I sat there the first day of class, and it's almost as if I heard like a whisper in my ear saying, you're not supposed to be here right now. And, you know, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. No, you're not supposed to be here right now. And it was like this really strong, gentle, very strong nudge that's saying, get out of here. You are not supposed to be here. And I'm thinking, okay, what? Is the building going to collapse? Like, am I just not supposed to go down in an earthquake or a fire or something? It's like, no, you're not supposed to be here. Leave now. Well, this was about 15 minutes into class. It was a once a week class. It was three hours. You know, you get a break halfway through. And I had a decision to make at that point. Am I going to sit here and wait for the break? Or am I just going to get up and leave now? Well, I just got up and left. <laughs> you know, the teacher said, oh, is everything okay? I said, yeah, I just, I got to go. You know, thank you. So I walked out. And I'm like, well, that was stupid. I really wanted to take that class. Okay, what am I going to do? Oh, also, it was important for me to be writing at the time because I needed my outlet. With, you know, my health the way that it was, I just needed something. I'm like, I need something to do right now. So I pulled the catalog out of my backpack. I'm like, oh, look at that. There's a memoir writing class. It's tomorrow. I hate writing about myself and talking about myself. That seems like the perfect thing that I should be taking. (laughs) None of it made sense, but it was still that whisper of, you're supposed to take that class. So I'm like, all right, I'll take this class. So I show up the next day. The instructors were a couple and they were great. Like, I love them. I'm still like, what the hell am I doing here? I'm not going to do any of these assignments. So (laughs) the first week, or sorry, the second week after the first assignment, everyone's sharing their assignments. We get to me and I read mine. And the instructor's like, wow, like that was, that was something. Did that happen to you? I said, no, it was fiction. <laughs> Me and the Aquarius rising. I'm like, look, I'm going to do the assignment. I'm going to do it my way, but I'm still going to do it. And I'm going to admit that it's not me. I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, that happened to me. But they were very supportive. They're just like, okay, we're, we're glad you did your work. That was the trend for me was I just would write fiction and turn in or turn it in as an assignment and just say, yeah, it was fiction. And one week I brought my guitar in to perform a song that I wrote. And it was a song that was loosely based on the concept of soulmates. 
you know, and finding that lost love in another life, which even with my scientific need for belief, I was always open to the possibility that there were other things out there with reincarnation being one of them, but there was no proof. Anyways, I ended up performing the song. The instructor's like, well, like, you know, that was really nice. What's it about? And I told them, like, have you ever heard of past life regression before? Like, no, what's that? And they shared their experience with it. And I'm like, wow, you know, that sounds really cool. So I drove home that night. I'm like, yeah, I really want to try that. But all my tourists just like, yep, you're gonna have to wait a little while. So about a month later, I tried a self-regression on YouTube. And it felt very real to me. I'm like, okay, there was something to it. That was, wow. Then about six months after that is when I had my first in-person session and it totally changed my life because I walked out of that session a believer in past lives. I like to make the distinction between believing and knowing. I didn't know for a fact that they were real, but I believed that they were real. And that experience was so moving that I looked at the world through a different lens. And when it came to my autoimmune disorder, like I'll be the first one to admit, I was not healed from the process in the physical, but my perspective changed Mm. where I believed in past lives. And then by default, I was now a believer in future lives. So like, you know what? It could be better next time or it could be worse. These are the cards that I've been dealt this time around. So how am I going to play them? And I felt a little bit better as a result of that. And about a year or so later is when I got certified. And it's just been, it's been amazing. It's so much fun. It's so much fun to not know where someone is going to take me from day to day. Like with your session, I had no idea where we were going to go. I had no idea. (laughs) Even when we were talking beforehand and I was getting your story, And inherently knowing, yes, there are going to be correlations and things will make sense after the fact. Yeah. I couldn't have guessed what was going to come up for you. And it's exhilarating to be in the moment and having that story unfold. And then me trying to put the pieces together. Okay. Well, where is it? How does that correlate? And I'm like investigator mode. Yeah. And I'm on my on my toes and it's great. And no two sessions are alike, which is just so, so exciting. I'm receiving information that contradicts the official narrative of what we've been taught to believe, which still, I cannot prove these things to you, but they make more sense than what we've been taught. And when I say what we've been taught, I mean our human history Mm -hmm. and things of that nature. And I will always question everything. And I think in my chart, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong here that I believe that that's probably has to do with my Pluto-Mercury opposition. Hmm. You'd see that near the nodes. <laughs> and not, so I'll never take anything at face, or face value. I'm always going to just question everything. So when that information comes forward that contradicts the official narrative, I take it into consideration, but not as fact. But when I have someone who is not necessarily of the cloth of what you would think to be you know, new age or spiritual. They're just working at a normal 
desk job, or it's one of those husbands I told you about who would do a session because it made their wives happy. And they see themselves back in a place like Atlantis or the Maria or other ancient civilizations that contradict what we have been taught to believe our human history is, where they see themselves on other planets. I'm like, okay, there's got to be something here. Mm. That was a question. Yeah. Well, that was, that was actually a question that came up in my mind because, you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, people out there that believe, and I have friends who, you know, contest to this is, um, of having past lives on other planets and, uh, like alien, you know, I don't know, connection or, you know, there's like, I don't know. Um, and it's a very real thing for them. And so have you have encountered that in your sessions where people do go back to, obviously you just said so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're fun. I like those sessions. That's oh man. It's like, you got yourself somehow into like the ultimate, like, like the, you got yourself into like the ultimate library is what happened mm-hmm. is. Yeah. So like, rather than writing the stories per se, it's like turning into the facilitator, you know, or in the investigator of like piecing, which is great for someone, you know, with Pluto and the South Node and Scorpio. I would say, I would, I feel like you've been, uh, you know, an investigator in a past life, maybe, <laughs> or Probably. something along those lines. Um, but it's interesting asking the, the questioning everything just because, you know, you got all that Taurus. He's basically got the North Node, Mercury moon and sun in Taurus, but through, um, rulership, you know, they're, it's all looking to Venus and Gemini and Gemini questions everything. Gemini <laughs> is the why, 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 why? My people favorite have, word. Yeah. People have been here. I've been saying why a lot on the podcast lately. It's been a theme over the last handful <laughs> of episodes. Uh, so we're back at it. Why? Um, and that's a very Gemini, Geminian thing to do. Um, so I love that. It's like, I can see that never get, and I feel like that way in astrology consultations as well, because even though we're not tapping, tapping into, uh, you know, that space, tapping into someone's lives and hearing the, you know, the memoir, as we, as we say, um, the biographical content, you know, that's just, it's fascinating uh, to hear people's stories. Because I think when we hear stories, we just better understand, um, ourselves in the process uh, and the variety of experience that's out there. Uh, Whether if it's the life that is lived at the current or a life that was lived, uh, you know, prior. And so that's fascinating to me. You know, when it comes to astrology and where my son is in my natal chart, most of my clientele these days happen to be in the Scorpio generation for Pluto or you know, a lot of them are Neptune and Capricorn. Mm -hmm. So with the opposition of my son to Pluto and the trine going from my son to Neptune, I wonder, hmm, did I have to be born on my birthday for a particular reason in order to help facilitate that experience for some people? Yes. (laughs) And it's also... It's the human element of doing past life regression where you know, we can read an autobiography or a biography of someone and be like, wow, 
They had a fascinating life. It's like, hey, you're talking about one life. What's their, their soul story? Where have they been throughout history? And when you can see those patterns of the things that may be difficult for them in the here and now, it really, I feel that it helps bring forward even more compassion for what someone may be going through. Because it's like, you know what? They may have been going through this for a very, very, very long time. Or if you go back and you see that these people are completely different than they are in the here and now. It just, there are so many added layers to your soul experience and who you are. And it's not about just the here and now anymore. Although I am very past life focused, but I do have to say the here and now is the most important. Because something that a lot of people say to me is, well, what happens if I see something that I can't unsee? What if I did something really, really bad and then I can't get it off my mind? First thing is, I don't believe that your higher self or spirit guides, who I believe are really in charge of the show when it comes to what you see, that they will, they'll never show you something that you can't handle. Even for me personally, I had a pretty big head on my shoulders when I first had my very first regression, thinking, yeah, I can handle everything. There's no way I could. So my sessions got more intense as time went on. And what I could handle a year ago, I couldn't have handled four years ago. But the second part of the statement of what if I see something I can't unsee is that wasn't you. Like it was you, but it wasn't you. It's who you are now that matters. That's what's important. Are you a good person now? That's really all that matters. Are you doing all you can in the here and now to help the world and to be a better family member, better partner, better friend, better colleague? Like the here and now is all that matters. The other stuff just adds perspective. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The power is in the moment, you know, like Mm -hmm. uh, it's, yeah. We can't, we can't go back to those. Those are said and done, unless you believe in multiple running timelines, then maybe that's still happening. But that's How another, long do we have for this show That's right another now? podcast. You could totally itself. go there. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's actually interesting because in my session, um, the, it started out where, you know, like I was a little girl in like the 50s and I was like, this is either not going to end like in the 1950s. I was like, this is either going to end rather quickly or this is, there's like multiple timelines going on. And I asked Daniel about that after we went through it. And he's like, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> um, have you ever encountered that where people are like talking about something that is like running along the same line uh, time-wise? Mm-hmm. And, and what do you think? What do you think about that? Or what, what comes up? So I'm going to piss a lot of past life regressionists off right now. <laughs> where... I believe that, yes, I do believe in past life regression naturally and that what you see are your past lives. But I also believe in the possibility that some people just draw from the collective consciousness where what they are seeing may not actually be their life, but a better representation of something they're experiencing in the here and now. And Mm. it's to help them make it more tangible. Mm. Although I do believe in the possibility of parallel realities and parallel lives where I show up in a lot of my client sessions 
And there have been some that have overlapped. Yet, I already feel a connection to these people. And the connection that they describe way back when, it feels right. As much as I would like to think that it's all linear, because it's much more easy to just, or much easier to explain it that way and say, yeah, you, you're here from 1912 until 1980 and so on and so forth, just because it's easier for us to grasp that way. I mean, <laughs> the thought of multiple dimensions and when you leave the body and when you see that there's something existing in another space that occupies the same space as the space that we're sitting in right now. And there's probably something else that occupies that space that you can't see and so on and so forth. When you go through the list of those possibilities, yeah, sure. Why can't parallel lives be real if there's so much that we can't grasp? Yeah, I mean... Aquarius rising, calm down. It is, it's like, no... <laughs> Oh, no, I think there's a lot. I mean, even even science is like catching up with some of these, um, you know, theories of running dimensions and, and, you know, simultaneous action going on in different time streams. And so it's not unheard of. It's not like you're saying anything that is like, oh my God, dang, that's never been said before. What, you know, <laughs> it's like, these, these are real possibilities. It's hard to know. We don't know. Um, but that's kind of the beauty of life. It's good to not know things. It's like, enjoy the mystery. You know, why not? Um, but that, that's fascinating. It was fascinating because I went there in my mind. I was like, uh, like under the, as I'm like got focused in the hypnosis, like my rational self kind of just pinged in for a second. Like, hmm, when I add this up, <laughs> when I do the numbers, this might, you know. Which is so funny because when you're under hypnosis, I was like, how's that going to go? Um, because me as like a control freak, Scorpio Capricorn, come on. Do you think I want to like have any control of mine like lost in any way? Like, so at first I was like, I do not, like I didn't even respond to Daniel at first because I was like, nope, I'm not letting anybody, you know, take control of me in any way. Um, but it's so funny because when you're actually under hypnosis, it's like you're... <sighs> It's not really, a, it's like you said, it's like an allowing. It's not like a loss of control. It's like you're there, but everything slows down. Everything slows down. I was, ta- I was talking like super slow and thoughtful and like allowing things to rise to the surface. Kept licking my lips. Like I was like this old man, like, mm-hmm, let, me, let me think about this. <laughs> yeah. Um, couldn't move my body at all. Like I tried to like move something and my body was just like, like, no, like it just wasn't. Yeah. It, it, it's like my mind or energy was projected somewhere else. Kind of like in, like you do with like astral travel, which I'm actually pretty familiar with, with the dream life that I have and, and doing that and certain sleep and seeing myself outside the body and, and, Oh, I had a crazy dream the other night, Daniel. Oh my God, you appreciate this. I was having a lucid dream. Uh, it's a long dream, so I'm just going to sum up at the very end. Um, where I was, I knew I was lucid the whole time. I was telling people in my dream that I'm like, I was lucid and I was a time traveler basically because I was telling them that I had this information from the future. And um, 
And I was talking to these two characters and they were trying to understand it because it was almost like I was in the future in the lucid dream, but I was maybe coming from the past because they were talking about something that a friend of mine had just made that was now a classic, this movie. And they're like, oh, you don't know about this classic? And I'm like, in my, in my mind, I'm like, my friend's just releasing it right now. And so I'm looking in their eyes, I'm telling them lucid and like the time element. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh no, I have to go. My body, I'm coming back into my body. And in the dream, I felt myself pull out of the scene I was in with them, rush back into my body um, in my bed. And I woke up in the bed and I'm all twisted around diagonal, like my head's at the end of the bed. And I'm like, oh, I must've been like going crazy here. And I like get up, I look at the clock. It's like 8.50 and I was like, oh, I overslept. I'm like opening windows and fixing screens. And, and then all of a sudden I wake up in my own bed. So I like pulled back into my body to wake up in the dream to not really wake up because I was waking up in the dream <laughs> thinking I was awake. And then I woke up for the second time and it was just so wild. But, but the feel of the pole from the, uh, you know, when you're separated from your, your body and you're projected out into these other um, you know, states of existence or planes of, you know, being. <laughs> so my question is, what time was it when you woke up in, I guess, what we would consider to be the real world? It was earlier. Um, it was earlier. It was like, uh, I feel like it was like maybe like 7.30 or like quarter to eight or something like that. Um. Maybe even earlier than that, because I think I went to bed early that night because I was anticipating getting up. And that's why in the dream, I was so like upset with myself. I was like, oh, I overslept because I was meaning to get up. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a wild dream. <laughs> but anyways, I'm just illustrating the point that, you know, like your consciousness is going to be projected somewhere else into an astral space that does not involve your body. Um, and yeah, and I think that that's what happens. Or at least that was my experience with like the hypnosis factor. What was going through my mind when you were talking about everything slowing down? I was like, you know what? It's amazing what happens when people just take a moment to slow down. Like you can travel through time if you just take a couple moments to slow down. Yeah. And Lord knows I do not slow down that often. I'm like Mars and Gemini, you know, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, you know, the Leah, I'm like off to the races. I'm like, what can cardinal signs, you know, cardinal signs love to move. We're like, what can I get to next? Where am I going next? What's next? Um, so it's true. It's like when you slow down <laughs> and allow, then you can open up. Um, yeah. So then let's ask me before we start talking about like some session stuff. So how do you bring astrology into the process? Like what are you looking for in a chart when, when you're going through this? I am usually looking for potential blind spots that people may have when it comes to what we talk about in the pre-session. Because the pre-session basically is me getting your life story so I can understand what your circumstances have been in this life so if there are patterns that emerge in a past life, I'll be able to spot them. Because without knowing your life story, that could just pass me by. That's like where the investigator hat gets to come into play. But part of the life story is, do you have an awareness of certain things? So I'll usually look for Chiron and see if it's aspecting anything, you know, where it is. 12th house usually excites me for lots of planets. <laughs> 
It's like, oh, you mean I get to shine a light on that? And I like to see where my sun aspects as well. Like, am I meant to shine a light on this planet? Like, is this what we're really going for right now? And if I'm being honest too, it's, it's to see the patterns that emerge. I don't even know why I needed to preface it by saying that first because I'm <laughs> nothing wrong. But I like to see the patterns just in people's charts and to see the reflections, not only in their past lives, but what are they trying to reflect back to me? Hmm. Where is the lesson in their placements for me? So I may pay attention to certain things a little closer. Not saying I don't pay attention to everything else. I'm laser focused. But if I keep having people show up who have five planets in Scorpio, like, okay, what am I missing in my life right now? What am I not seeing? It's a two-way street. mm -hmm. And it's just, it's so cool. When it comes down to it, it's it's cool to look at charts and to, okay, that's where I need to focus right now because I just want to drift off into la-la land there. <laughs> well, you also look at like, uh, well, Saturn, right? We look at Sa- maybe what Saturn's doing, what the nodes are doing, what uh, Pluto maybe. Yes. Why did I not even bring up those? The nodes. Of course, where I look is the nodes. <laughs> I know, I know you look at the notes because you talked about them right away when we were talking. It's also, yeah, it's the aspects of Saturn and the moon too. Mm -hmm. Because if there are Pluto moon aspects a lot of the time, I'm like, okay, it's not always an absolute. Maybe there are things with the mother. But some people may feel that these things are already resolved. So they'll leave it out of the story Mm. because it may not be on their minds at the time. But then if I see, you know, the moon squaring Pluto, like, Hey, how are things with your mother when you were younger? Oh, well, you know, X, Y, or Z. And so that way, if it pops up during the session and it's, Oh, see, this is what the lesson was. So it just, it helps bring more to the surface. That makes me think of, because um, a fabulous technique that I first learned from uh, Kelly Surtees uh, when looking at aspects of planets together is that um, she has this theory and she's, it's panned out well for her. And I feel like it's panned out well in my practice too, that when uh, an aspect is applying, an applying aspect, um, that we're basically working on that aspect our whole lives, where if an aspect is separating, uh, then maybe that is more of an influence in the earlier part of the life um, that then we move away from or make a resolve in some way. Or oh, sometimes to me, it could be even harder because if we have experienced something when we're so impressionable early on in life, we might carry that with us when we don't even need to carry it anymore. And so it makes me wonder if maybe separating aspects too can then um, go beyond the early part of life influence into past life influence. Um, So you might want to maybe put that in your pocket going forward, seeing if you notice more separating aspects 
uh, coming to play in the, in the past life story. I mean, they're all, they all can be relevant in some way, but it would just be interesting to, you know, theory to kind of think about or, or study. Well, thank you. Yeah. And thank you for bringing up the notes. One of the most important things when it comes to past <laughs> lives and astrology. Yeah. Save me on that one. Yeah. I knew, I knew you wanted to get it, get it in there. Um, once I brought up Chiron, it was done. <laughs> it's because your Chiron's conjunct Venus, your 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 Taurus planet. So basically, <laughs> your Venus <sighs> was all consumed heart. with a. Oh, it, does, it breaks your heart. Well, you no know. pun intended. Yeah, or maybe <laughs> with Gemini, a pun was definitely intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so. Yeah, so all those things can be looked at in the chart. I mean, if you think about it, it's like the nodal access, where we're where we come from, where we're going, Pluto, like those deep things that we have to get through, whether it's this life or next one. Saturn, those blockages that might show up, Chirons, those wounds we may that may be triggers we have to get through, and we can gain wisdom from in the end. You know, um, so it makes a lot it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah. So yeah. All right. Where am I? All right. Well, I guess I'll talk about my own experience uh, since, you know, we'll I tease exactly because I wanted to kind of share the story of just how this can play out. Because um, I was like, at first I'm like, oh, am I going to be this famous person? Am I going to be, you know, that's what people think at first with past lives sometimes maybe is like, oh, maybe I'll be Cleopatra. Maybe I'll be, you know, maybe, who, who knows? Maybe I was. Um, Someone had to be. Someone had to be. Someone had to be. Well, then there's the idea of maybe like sectioning off energy to where many people have been Cleopatra and you have a, a portion of her energy. Um, mm-hmm. But that is another topic for another time. Um, endless possibilities. Yeah, endless possibilities. But how it went for me is basically, I. So I. <clears throat> it's really cool because uh, Daniel has you like open doors or it kind of starts with opening doors into something. And I didn't know what I was going to find, you know, I'm just in this dark hallway opening a dark door. And then, you know, what's so funny too, or well, funny slash sad, um, is that I remember you, Daniel, you were telling me, you're like, all right, we're going to turn to your left. We're going to open a door. And you wanted me to describe the door. And the door was just all black. Like even the knob. And like after the, the life, that makes so much sense of why that door was completely dark and black. And like, because it was, you know, there was, there was darkness there. And so what happened is like, I opened the door and I just see this, like, I see this carousel of, um, you know, kind of old forties, fifties style, or maybe even earlier than that, just a beautifully painted, uh, you know, kind of merry-go-round situation. It was, had a white horse that all this painting. And I just loved the, the, um, I was just looking at it. And I remember you were like, what are you doing? Like, wait, what are you, what are you going to, I was like, I'm contemplating whether to ride it or not, which is interesting. Um, and then he has you look down at your shoes, you know, to see, which is great because that's someone that comes from a, a vintage fashion background. That was fantastic for me because I literally have like knowledge of like clothing for, for like several hundred years back. So I'm, it's easy for me to really date things through like looking down and looking at shoes and, and clothing. Like it's like, you know, I can really pinpoint 
And I'm like, oh yeah, this is, <clears throat> this is probably anywhere from about 1948 to about 1952. Um, and I was probably like seven years old or something. Um, and I remember there being a dog there too. Cause you're like, look around, you see anything else? And there was a dog. Um, but not much was go- going on at first. And so you, you had me move on. You're like, okay, well, let's take you to the, the home, um, you know, where, where you live. Tell me about where you live. And you know what's so funny is that in when I, the scene switched and I saw where I lived, and it looked very European as if I lived in like the Netherlands or maybe Denmark or something like that. Um, the house that I saw was the same color scheme as the house that I live in now. And the funny thing is, is like kind of has this gray with this like dark blue trim. And the funny thing is, is at first I'm like, I'm kind of in my mind, I'm like, am I just imagining those colors? Cause that's the house that I live in now. But then I forgot that when my house got painted, um, my landlord painted my house and I've been here for like 16 years. So I've got a longstanding relationship uh, with my landlord. He allowed me to pick out the paint colors of the house. <laughs> so I'm the one who actually painted like, chose the paint colors of, of the house, which was funny. So my, that got my mind stirring like, oh, did I choose these colors again? Because of, you know, in this time, in this life, because of this, I don't know. That's what just came into my mind. But hey, once you've eliminated the impossible, whatever remains however improbable must be the truth. Right. You know, like, hey, I'm open. I'm open. You don't know. If, and if, if so, it makes for a great story. And I love great <laughs> stories. Um, so basically, you know, I go in and it's like an all Danish modern house, like just probably a house I'd like to live in nowadays. I'm like, it was very stylish. I'm uh, looking around. I think you even had me go to my room and I saw another horse. I saw another white horse. I must've been obsessed with white horses or something. I got to look, look into that. But you're like, okay, well now imagine like you're at dinner with your family. Like, tell me what you see or what's going on there. And so I saw my mother and my father and a brother. And I remember saying they're very boring. Like it, like it had a feeling like no one really talked. It wasn't very like loving. It was just kind of like, we're there to eat. We're, we're together. You know, like it just had kind of like a, di- like just a, a dismal feel to it. Um, but I remember the keyword boring. And so then we go to the next scene. And so the next scene I see is like a station wagon that is all smashed in in the windshield and stuff. Um, and I'm standing there with my mom and I'm looking at the station wagon. And, uh, and I realized at that point that my father had, had died in an accident. Um, and, and it's weird because when you realize these things, as I started to realize what had happened, like emotion comes up and I just start to cry immediately before I can even say anything because intuitively I know what happens before I can even put like, you know, actual words to it. It was just, you know, emotion coming up and, and just, you know, crying. And, um, and I remember you asking me, you were like, and I had this feeling that my brother was with him. Um, and so I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but I just had this feeling and I never saw him after that point. And so I think that it was kind of both. And I remember you asking me, Daniel, you're like, well, why did the mother feel the need to show you rather than, um, just tell you what happened? And I remember saying that, which is interesting because in my chart, I have the moon square Pluto in my chart and I have the sun square Pluto too, basically a T square with Pluto on a full moon. 
And I remember saying that she wanted to, um, she wanted to show me the realities of life. Basically, she wanted me to feel her pain, like pain. She basically wanted me to feel the pain of this of this loss um, because she felt it so acutely and felt that it was necessary for me to understand the reality of life and that it can be. Um, and that it can be like heartbreaking and it can be dismal. And, you know, it's a very Capricorn moon as I have. <laughs> think about the, think about the reality. Like this is the reality. Um, and what's great about it at that point, you know, because emotions come up. Um, and then, so starting the session, Daniel basically had me get some paper. And, and I, was, I was like, how am I going to write when I'm under hypnosis? <laughs> but it wasn't for that. Um, it was basically to say, uh, like you said, what do you, what do you have like a release prayer type of thing or like, um, that we say, what did we say? Just, I forgive you. I had you repeat after me. Like, I forgive you. Not like, I forgive you. I forgive you too. (laughs) I forgive you. I release you and I let you go. And then we'll, and then we, you weren't, you weren't doing it. And then I and ripped then up rip the paper. <laughs> yeah. I ripped up the paper into a bunch of little pieces to basically symbolically um, and physically let it go. And it's crazy. And that was just the first thing, you know, the story goes on. Um, but even ripping it up after there is like almost, I felt the release. I felt the lift right then, like from, and the story wasn't even done yet. Um, so it was super powerful that, that gesture, I guess we could say of honoring the energy and then releasing it. So then we went next to, um, uh, what came up next for me is like, I went, I was at a party and it was like a birthday party for myself, but I wasn't, there's a lot of people there, but I wasn't interacting with anyone really. And I was kind of by myself and you were asking me like, why are you by yourself? And I was like, I said, I was like, I like seeing other people have fun, but uh, I was basically saying it's safer for me. And so basically the idea was that after my father's death, it's like just walled myself off um, without you know, not getting close to people and just kind of really keeping to myself. But I remember at the, you're like, do you see anything else going on in the party or like, you know, are you doing anything else? And then I remember talking to this guy that was trying to like lighten me up. Um, and be like kind of playful and, and get me out of, you know, like flirting, get me out of like my, you know, break down a wall basically. And I was like kind of having it, I was entertaining it. And that was the last thing we saw to the story, which I think might've been a precursor to where we went next. Cause where we went next is that I saw myself in a rocking chair with a newborn who's probably like only just a couple months old or something, uh, wrapped in blue, which you got to pay attention to the symbolism because it's like, these are where we get our key, you know, so it's probably a baby boy. Um, I had a little baby boy. Um, and I think I was pretty young. The birthday party, I was like 19. It was my 19th birthday party. That's what I got from it. Um, and I feel like this wasn't long after this kind of happening. Uh, and I remember you asking, you're like, where's the father? Where's the, or, you know, uh, your husband or, you know, is he And you even said, you're like, is he standing right next to you? And I'm like, nope, I'm all alone. And then I imagined I could see in my mind's eye him driving away in this like red car, another red station wagon, a lot of station wagons, which is funny because I've owned mostly station wagons, um, <laughs> is that uh, I saw him driving off and there was like confetti coming out of the car and like almost like a celebratory situation. And you're like, well, where'd he go? And I was like, well, I was like, he went on vacation. And he, you're like, and you're like, without you? And I'm like, 
And I, I was like, he just wants to have fun. And then basically I said, he's not ready yet. So basically he left me because uh, he just probably was too young, you know, like just wanted to have fun and was on his way. And then, so we went to the next scene, the final scene, very final. Um, and it was me like looking at this empty hospital bed um, that was all made up. It wasn't like someone had been like, it was like almost like the bed was ready for the next person or something. Um, and in my mind immediately, like I knew that I had, I had taken my life. Like just, I didn't even conceptualize it with words in my head yet. I just knew and I started to, to cry again because I realized that I was just so overwhelmed with, you know, probably being a young mother, being cut off, having lost someone I loved earlier and then someone leaving me again and just being so overwhelmed with life um, that it just, because I remember thinking to myself that I was like, I didn't, I kept saying I didn't want to believe it. Like, I didn't want to believe myself that I could do it, but I still did it. And I have a Pisces South node, first off. So there's like, you know, there, there, Pisces can tap into themes of, you know, suicide um, and helplessness um, and, uh, get, you know, sometimes giving up or being overwhelmed. You know, these are really shadows. Not every Pisces is like this by any means, but these are shadow sides to this energy. Um, and I couldn't even like, it, it, like verbalize it. And then finally you were like, you know, did you take your own life? And then that's when I just started to like cry pretty heavily because I, I did at that point. And it made sense because what you said, Daniel was, um, and I was thinking the same thing, the fact that I was looking outside of it as if my body was kind of still in the room or my spirit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I'm still like, I, because I remember you saying that, um, what were you saying about like kind of your spirit might stick around in situations like that? Yeah. And of course there's always exceptions to the rule, but generally if there was a traumatic death or one where you may have taken your life and just going up very quickly, you linger and you're just kind of there. Like, Oh, what have I done? Or what just happened? You just, you stick around for a little while. So as a practitioner, there are those indications like when you, cause yeah, I think it was, I can't remember, did you just naturally go to that day? Cause I don't think I took you forward to the last day of your life, right? You, when I moved you, you forward, just you just wanted went. me to go to another scene. Yeah. And, you know, with the empty hospital bed, that feeling of looking at it, it's an indication of, okay, you know, this is someone outside of our dimension as we know it. And yeah. Yeah. I guess so the, the indications are there. That's all I'm trying to yeah. really say. Well, so needless to say, we ripped up another paper <laughs> um, to let that go. And then he was gracious to give me the choice. He's like, well, do you want to go on to a, another life or do you want to go? Because uh, you do get to ask like questions to your like higher self, basically, um, which is a, a very useful part of the session. Um, but I did go to another life, which was much happier than this one. And you gave me a good prompt, though, because you're like, take me to the life that uh, kind of um, 
like that you really developed your your musical abilities um with and i was like this took me to like the 1700s and i was like this kind of jolly kind of probably aristocratic man that was into uh i played the harpsichord i was into biological science um and anatomy and philosophy and i think i was into all those things probably because i had money and like time to kill and so i was just like a learned person practicing things and involved in stuff but everyone loved me uh, like I was kind of like life of the party basically. And then you had me, you're like, fast forward to your last day of your life with that one. Um, and I was like in my bed and I was super old, like lived a full life and the people were surrounding me. They were all sad and I was happy, like kind of cracking jokes. because I didn't want other people to be sad that I was leaving. Uh, and then you're like, Matt, you said, you asked me to imagine or tell me what you see when I lit, left my body. And I could totally see like someone kind of like pulling me up in my spirit. And you asked me if I was like, how do I feel? And I was like, oh, I'm ready. I'm, I, and I was totally ready. So it's like, it's such a weird, like, um, and I see, you know, I, I see both of those characters in me completely. Like I see that jolly spirit, good natured, wanting to help everyone else and keep people in good spirits. And I also see the, you know, darker side of like a moon square Pluto personality, a Scorpio rising, you know, Pisces South node that has those more despairing moments. Um, but I guess needless to say, this whole story leads to the fact that, um, do you mind if I just jump in there really quick? Yeah, go for it. With bringing you to the musical life as a practitioner, I took a leap there because it could be seen as me giving you a prompt and leading you in a certain direction. Whereas it was just the gut feeling of, well, let's give her a little break after that one. Yeah. She deserves a break. We don't need to go out on that note. We still had time before we got to the questions with your higher self. But the prompt was general enough of, you know, where do these musical talents come from? Because that was a prominent part of the pre-session. Yes. No, so even in that space, I'm like, yeah, maybe it's only been in this life, but probably not. You know, this probably goes way back. So when it comes to what the association would be, I think in a conscious space, would you see yourself as the person who invented a guitar? Or was it like the reaction that you had? The harpsichord? Yeah. Like it was almost shock. <laughs> So I just wanted to point that out where, you know, sometimes I do have to take leaps there. And where if it was just about the here and now in this life and you learned everything now, when I moved you forward to that musical life, you probably would have seen nothing. Just darkness would have come up, which would be your higher self indicating, no, there's nothing there. Like you messed up, <laughs> you know, talking to me. But yeah, so... Well, and you don't even know how that's going to turn out either. I mean, just because it's a prompt doesn't mean it, it was going to bring me to a place of happiness either. You know, it, it's it, true. That's, um, but you know, what's really funny though, is that uh, it took me some time to get to uh, playing a uh, keyboard. And when I got my first um, kind of got like a plug-in USB keyboard, actually around the time of my Saturn return, I started composing, um, like the first song I composed was like this like four part kind of chamber type of like classical. And I, I remember like, 
everything feeling so natural to me on the keyboard as if like even back then, you know, like 12 years ago or whatever, I was like, I've done this before. Like in my mind, I knew that I had a history with some sort of keyed instrument because it was just too intuitive for me to like, I felt like I was remembering something as I would play. So that made total sense to me. Brings new meaning to the word. Oh, they're natural. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was, yeah. So, and why I've always kind of like, when it comes to um, playing keys, I kind of have a classical approach where I'm like my stringed instruments, you know, I'm like playing punk rock and hard rock and roll, you know, like, but when it comes to the keys, there's this this weird, like classical Mel comes out. Um, (laughs) And I think it's going back to old (laughs) Johan there. So, but I mean, even though, okay. So I guess what I'm saying is like, even though that session in, in like, if you look at an umbrella view might've seemed uh, heavy in some way, it was so releasing. Oh my God. It was like, I felt like I was a, a, a new me in, in some way. It just, and I didn't have to think about it. It's not like afterwards I had like thought and had all this context. It was more like I didn't have to think about it anymore because there was nothing weighing on me in those areas that like that energy of my life. And even at first I was like, well, maybe I just feel like this right now. Like give it some time. Uh, and it's been a couple of weeks um, and it's still like that. I just, I firmly yes. believe that, you know, like there's, so, there's just something that shifts. And I think that's the whole part, part of this work, right? Um, so what, you know, when do you think people can benefit most of, from this in their life? Like at, at certain points of time in, you know, like... Like you said, it was, you know, you had an autoimmune disorder that kind of like led you into some of this work. So when you, what are kind of the points of when people might want to take this up? Was, um, Not that you have to have about one. This one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can do it just because you want to do it, but maybe. Whenever it feels right, I think. Yeah. That's just what it comes down to. And like I was saying earlier, when it comes to the physical things, probably exhaust every other option first. But when it comes to the emotional component, if you just want something to feel more tangible, I think it's the perfect time. Yeah. Or maybe not even a want, just the feeling of needing to feel something more tangible. If there's something else there. That's all that side. And there's always the curiosity side. If you're ever just curious, anytime is the right time. Yeah. What do you got to lose? You know, but you got, you know, it's, it's a story. See where you end up. So can you do it? Can you do it repeatedly? Sure. Like it's not like a one stop. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Although two to three months. (laughs) I think it's like continuing education for me. Just gives me more well-rounded understanding of who I am and still seeing those reflections in others. But there are times when I will get, what I like to refer to as kind of like lollipop lives. Or if I had something really heavy in the last session, the next one just kind of be, oh, you're not ready for anything else yet. Any other understanding, you still haven't fully processed what we showed you 
two months ago. So when it comes to, is there a limit on how many times? Whatever you feel is best. Like I have people who say, how many sessions do I need? It's like one. And if you want to do more, we do more. I'm never going to tell you you need to do 12 sessions in order to understand the dynamics of your marriage or the origins of your injuries or illness. It's like, no, no, do one session. If you want to do more, you do more. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, um, all oh, right. real quick, the lollipop yes. line. It's like the life where I'm standing as a fisherman in the Appalachian Mountains, just thinking about the sky. Wait, I take that back because that's what I do now, minus the fishing part. Just <laughs> <laughs> standing in the river fishing, maybe looking at the sky and thinking about my next meal. Mm. When it's still, even those, which was real life for me. It's that appreciation of nature and where I want more when I do these sessions. Like I'm really looking for the meat of everything. I'm really looking for, you know, that deep Pluto. (laughs) But sometimes you just need a break or you just need to put your feet in the river and look at the landscape that surrounds you and take in that beauty of the world. So if that's what you need also, that's what you'll get in a repeat session. If you need to see the beauty of the world, which at the time I probably did. That's nice to be reminded of the beauty rather than the destruction always. Right. <laughs> it seems very much your, uh, your Taurus Scorpio nodal axis, I would say. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're like, you've had your fair share of Pluto South node. Come on. Let's look, let's look at this peaceful. Oh, those are the serene. interesting lives. Oh, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. Um, all right. Well, is there, we are getting uh, running on time now. So is there anything, any final thoughts, any last wrap up information you would want to say uh, about like anything we've talked about before we share your details? You know, what's coming through right now is everything is connected. Whatever that means to your listeners, just everything is connected. I'm just seeing a natal chart just flashing in my mind right now. It's just the reminder, everything is connected. Everything has meaning. Which I guess the last thing I'll say, because I didn't say this, but I feel it's like, you know, apropos is like before a session I had, you know, I had talks with Daniel and stuff. So we became kind of fast friends. Um, and I remember you asking me at the end, uh, like, you, you know, out of curiosity, probably as I was curious too, if we had known each other before and what came to me immediately was, um, yes. And in passing and what had happened in my mind, it brought me back to kind of like maybe even like medieval time, like travelers on a trail, you know, and we just happened to meet up at just the right you know, crossroads maybe, or, you know, you know, mercurial interchange of paths. Um, and Daniel gave me the right information at the right time. Like it was just the, like, you must've had something for me. Cause it was like, we knew each other, but we didn't like, that was, that was the thing is it was like, we've known each other, but it's not like in depth. It's more, it's, I said in passing, in passing and you gave me the right information at the right time to influence the direction that I then uh, decided to take as we parted ways, basically. Um, 
What did you think about, you know, back in the day, just think about imagine being on the road and maybe Daniel told me, he's like, oh, well, don't go that direction because I was just there and, you know, the bridge is out. Um, and then that led me to take the other path that led me to a town that led me to, you know, like, uh, you know, my wife or something, who knows? Like, we don't know the logistics of it, but I just thought that was so interesting, especially with our relationship this time around too, where it seemed another one of those, oh, I'm going to be in your life at just this right time to move through, help you direct you on this course because I needed to move through this issue. Uh, and I didn't know I was going to be able to do it. So like, you know, um, gracefully almost, <laughs> uh, but you know, maybe that's part with the, the Taurus and the, the Venus components, but yeah. So I just thought that was, um, anyway, so I'm basically emphasizing the idea of everything is connected because that's exactly like the same situation of being a connector piece. Thank you. Yeah. I was wondering why that's what came up for me. I'm like, it doesn't seem like a grand finale speech right there. Like, you know, it's just the feeling right now. Hey, well, I don't, you know, sometimes you don't, you don't need a grand finale, you know, what you did is you reminded me of what I needed to say. Um, see, you did it again. Stop directing me <laughs> down the path. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. All right. Well, this brings us to where can you find Daniel? Where, you know, tell us where people can find you, uh, what you got going on or anything you want to share there. So I'm on Instagram at the past life regressionist or my website is your past and so you can check out his sessions uh, there um, and other things you have to share on the old Insta and stuff. And of course, I'll share that information myself on the blog pages that I tend to do over at energeticprinciples.com. Uh, and you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at Energetic Principles. Um, and what do I have going on? Well, I'm still, uh, I'm just FYI, I'm going to be doing a the second 201 of my astrology courses um, coming up in the first part of 2021, probably sometime in January. Uh, solidifying a date. By the time I do the next podcast, I promise I will have the exacts up. Um, but stay tuned with me on social media or sign up for my mailing list to find out more about that. But it's going to be on uh, prediction work through a natal chart, like transits, um, progression, using progressions, um, using perfections, you know, things along those lines. So we can see what's going on now within the natal chart. So if that's something, uh, you know, kind of beginner slash intermediate level, uh, and you're interested, definitely, t uh, stay tuned for more on that. Now, if you think people would like to hear about past life regression and what we've shared here today um, and the stories and the, the details, you know, share uh, with a friend, spread the good word, uh, let other people know uh, that this exists, or maybe if they're even curious about it, um, well, here, listen to more of how that process might look like. Um, and then if you could leave a review wherever you listen to this broadcast, that would be wonderful because it helps uh, both of us be seen further uh, in these searches. Because you know, the old algorithm, you got to work it. Um, now, <laughs> what else do I have to say? Oh, and if you do want to donate to Mel's chip jar, front page, Energetic Principles, helps keep this podcast alive. So, all right, Daniel, it was such a pleasure talking to you and having that experience and, and all that. So thank you so much. This was fun. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. All right. And thank you for tuning in to us and listening to us talk all about past life regression. So have a fabulous week. Uh, and as always, may the stars be with you. Mm -hmm.